Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on February 18th, 2024. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to contribute financially to help sustain the ministries at St. Mark's, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Deacon Ingelori Lisher with a gospel reading. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Good morning, and grace and peace to you. On this first Sunday of Lent, we are reminded that the writer of Mark's Gospel doesn't use too many words to get his point across. But the words he does use mean something, so pay attention. Mark doesn't hold back, and neither does God. God brings it from the beginning of this chapter, starting with words from Isaiah to the ministry of John the Baptist, proclaiming, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the strap of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is not a quaint children's Christmas story beginning at a manger with sheep and shepherds. This story begins in a river, drives Jesus to the wilderness, and brings us to Galilee, where Jesus' ministry is launched as John is arrested for doing exactly what Jesus preaches later. Repent and believe in the good news and more. The good news for Jesus, but not good news for John. Jesus immediately is transported from the river to the wilderness to Galilee is almost like a Marvel movie wondering where he's going to blip next and how long he will be there. This is unlike the Sunday school art from the 1970s and 80s that, I, that framed my imagination from this reading today from Mark. I picture Jesus standing waist deep in a river all in white with a dove floating over his head and John the Baptist standing next to him. And then Jesus casually goes off to the wilderness to sit on a rock look over a vista and praise, with maybe a devil figure hovering over him, but is never driven there by the Spirit, with wild beasts and angels waiting on him. And I don't believe Jesus' baptism was so serene either. Jesus' baptism in Mark is portrayed as a cosmic disruption, as the heavens are ripped apart, torn open, and the Spirit of God descends on Jesus, and God declares to him, You are my son, my beloved, with you I am well pleased. Similar to the words of affirmation from God we heard last Sunday on the mountaintop, this is my son, the beloved, 
listen to him. But this time, the words were only heard by Jesus and meant for Jesus. At his baptism in the River Jordan, Jesus receives a promise and is named and claimed by God as God's beloved son. Jesus' identity is established and affirmed in that river, and God's spirit is on the loose. We, as people of faith, also receive the same promise and the covenant of baptism as the Holy Spirit is present in the water and in the words. The naming and claiming is foundational for what happens next, not just for Jesus, but for all who follow him, including us. I wonder what it would have looked like, been like, and felt like for Jesus when he was immediately thrown out and driven out into the wilderness, if he hadn't received this promise of who he was and whose he was, claimed and named by God. Knowing this is important, but believing and trusting in this is even more crucial for Jesus and for us. As God's beloved, when Jesus was driven out to the wilderness by the Spirit, he was not alone. He was not left with the accuser on his own to fend for himself. Jesus endured and resided in the wilderness with the Holy Spirit, with Satan, the wild beasts, and the angels who waited on him. These are significant details that Mark points out. Nowhere in Matthew or Luke are wild beasts mentioned. And while we don't know what type of animals they were, friendly or unfriendly, whether they brought Jesus comfort or fear, what we do know is that Jesus coexisted with the wild animals and that the angels waited on him. In a land of shadow and starvation, a place where wild beasts roam, God's agents of love and care lingered. And all through this, God was present with Jesus for those 40 days. And God is present with us even when we are in the wilderness, when we get into wilderness places. Most of the time, we don't choose to enter the wilderness. It's not like going on a hike to Mount Rainier or going into the desert at, at Joshua Tree. This wilderness is the type that we don't volunteer for. We don't volunteer for the pain, for the loss, for the struggle or danger. We don't invite global pandemics, death, grief, broken relationships, addictions, temptations, or loss of faith to our doorstep. But the wilderness still appears, welcomed or not. Writer Debbie Thomas explains it this way. Does this mean that God wills bad things to happen to us? That God wants us to suffer? No, all in caps, in bold, no. Does this mean that God is ready to teach, shape, and redeem us even in the most barren periods of our lives? Yes. Also, all in caps, bold, yes. God can work with us. A dangerous desert can become holy. The wilderness can reveal the divine because God is there. God's spirit is loose in the world and there is nowhere God has not been or will go, including wilderness places, because it just might be in the wilderness that we discover and remember who we are and whose we are, a beloved child of God. We too are beloved, and we too are named and claimed by God. And we need to hear this just as much as Jesus did. 
This truth can help us make it out of the wilderness to a place of repentance, a place where we turn away and towards God, a place where hearts and lives are changed, a place where we strive to let it all go. What is holding us back from truly hearing, experiencing, and proclaiming the good news that is Jesus. And all that comes from fully understanding that the kingdom of God, the reign of Christ, is at hand now, here, and today. So where are you in all of this? Where do you see yourself in this story, if at all? Have you heard the words, you are my child, my beloved? If not... Please listen to them now, and I invite you to believe in them. We are all God's beloved, each and every one of us. Or maybe you're in the wilderness, possibly not for the first time, and not sure how to get out of there, to release what keeps you there, to release the pain and the heartache, the addiction, the expectations set by yourself or others, the anger, temptations, known and unknown, or whatever's holding you there, Please know that God is with you. You are not alone. We are not alone. Or are you in a place where you can freely proclaim the good news that is Jesus? You're ready to go and to do and to live out loud what God has done and is doing in this world and in you. But maybe you don't see yourself in this text at all. You aren't sure where you fit in, and that's okay. I'm here to tell you, to remind you, And so are all the others here in this community of faith that there is grace enough for that. There is grace in knowing whose and whom you are, in the naming and claiming. There is grace in experiencing the wilderness. There is grace in proclaiming who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and will continue to do. And there is grace in the unknown. But what I do know is that you're not alone. You are, we are, all God's beloved. In her poem, Beloved, is where we begin. Jan Richardson writes in the Painted Prayer book the following as a reminder and a blessing, and I'm going to share it with you you today. As we cross with Christ into the landscape of Lent and into the mystery that lies ahead, may we also know the least this about ourselves, that our name, too, is Beloved. Here is her poem. Beloved is where we begin. If you enter into the wilderness, do not begin without a blessing. Do not leave without hearing who you are, beloved, named by the one who has traveled this path before you. Do not go without without letting it echo into your ears. And if you find it hard to let it into your heart, do not despair. That's what this journey is for. I cannot promise this blessing will free you from danger from fear, from hunger or thirst, from the scorching sun or the fall of the night. But I can tell you that on this path, there will be help. I can tell you that on this way, there will be rest. I can tell you that I will know the strange graces that come to our aid, only on a road such as this, that fly to meet us bearing comfort and strength, that come alongside us for no other cause, that to lean themselves toward our ear and with their curious insistence whisper our name, beloved, beloved, beloved. So God's dearly beloved, like Jesus, we need to hear and be reminded again and again that we are loved. 
We are God's children. We are beloved. We need to hear these words shared with us at the waters of baptism. We experience them here at the table and in this meal, and we proclaim them in the good news that is the gospel and the message of Jesus. And we know that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of and grace of God, not even a flood or the wilderness. Thanks be to God. Amen. You've been listening to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. Thanks for joining us.